And now, an ad from Dad. <clears throat> All right, save money on car insurance when you bundle home and auto with Progressive. Can I take these off? All right. What is this? This looks good. Wow. That's well made. Where did you get this? I'm talking to you with the hair. Yeah, where did you get this? It's good stuff. That's solid. That's not veneer. That's solid stuff. Progressive can't save you from becoming your parents, but we can save you money when you bundle home and auto. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discounts not available in all states or situations. Good morning, Beer Talk crew. It is Tuesday, January, nope, July, <laughs> July 17th, 2018. Uh, we got a great st- great store, great show uh, in store for you today. But first, let me talk to you a little bit about something called After Two Beers. After Two Beers Media Group uh, housed uh, out in Richmond, Indiana, but you know, we're a part of that crew too. Uh, they brought us in, took us under their wing, plugged us some. They're a good site. Love their memes. Love their gifts in their Facebook polls. Love their podcast, too, the After Two Beers. I think they're going more of a history route, it looks mm-hmm. like now, um, which is even cooler because I'm a kind of a history buff, so I like listening to it and learning different things. Um, be looking for some content out of us with them soon. That'll be coming in the near future. Uh, and we're going to start today's show off, actually, with our interview today because we had Zach Sheffrin. Sheffrin? Sheffrin on this, I'm sorry. Had Zach Shaffron on the show today of CleveLandSportsTalk.com and the the, the Shaffron monologue and the dissenting opinion dissenting opinion podcast. They're out of, based out of Cleveland. Do cover all Cleveland sports. So of course we talk a little homers with them. So uh, be talk. sure to check them out on Twitter. They have a great page. Yes, they do at CLE Sports Talk, and then follow Zach as well at Z A C H one C S T. So let's go ahead and get into that. All right, we are joined now by Zach Sheffrin. Uh, he is the founder of Cleveland Sports Talk, Buckeye Sports Talk. He has a podcast, The Sheffrin Monologue, and he is co-host of The Dissenting Opinion. Um, he's going to talk about, uh, or he's going to do our Homer segment with us for this episode. And so we'll start it off. Start off. Yeah. Basically, I'd say yeah. Just just tell us a little bit about you. Let let everybody know about you first. So yeah, as you guys said, I do a lot with Cleveland Sports. Um, basically, I founded Cleveland Sports Talk about uh, seven years ago, and it's grown um, exponentially, especially throughout the LeBron years in Cleveland. And we've expanded to um, Ohio State sports, as you mentioned. And I actually have two podcasts of my own that I do so it's pretty busy but I, I love the teams and of course I'm, I'm a Clevelander myself so um, it's a really just um, exciting thing to be a part of and you know I'm thankful that it's grown into what it's become and 
I'm just looking forward to the Browns starting and the Indians finishing off the season and getting to the postseason again. Well, and you left off the biggest thing there, the Cavs uh, winning that Summer League championship <laughs> in the next couple days. Yes, yes, of course, the Summer League, very important. <laughs> How could you forget? Summer League champs 2018. Yes. And speaking of that, uh, how do you think the draft pick so far of Colin Sexton worked out? I mean, it was up in the air whether or not they were going to keep that pick, and I know it's still early in the obviously in the summer league even, but in the whole long run of things. But a lot of people are saying they still don't see the pick working out, but I'm in the opposite camp where I see it as a great uh, start of a rebuild or maybe even not a rebuild and just a start and go from where they're at. Do you think that it was a bad pick or do you think it's going to work out? Yeah, so first of all, I'm glad that the Cavs decided to keep the pick and not trade it away because I don't think anything we would have gotten in return, um, first of all, would have helped us to beat the Golden State Warriors. And second of all, I don't think it would have influenced LeBron's decision um, either way. So I'm glad we got the pick. Um, In regards to Sexton, I think for the being in the eighth spot, I really liked the pick. I think he is a bit of a raw prospect. Um, I really like his aggressiveness. He's very tenacious. He, you know, attacks the basket. He's good at finishing by the rim. He clearly needs to work on that jump shot, and especially in this day and age with the way the NBA is now, if you can't shoot and you're a point guard, you're going to have a lot of problems. But I think that's something that, you know, with time and, and just repetition and practice you know he'll start to develop that jumper because that's something that can be easily acquired whereas I feel like his high motor is something that's kind of an an innate feature to each player and I really like that type of speed and aggressiveness he brings to each game so far in the summer league now built and continuing with the summer league I'm I'm in the camp that thinks that the Cavs bargain shopping this summer got the best deal with the Billy Preston two-way deal because I think he's going to be, I mean, again, it is summer league, but I still think he's going to be amazing for us because he has a great basketball mind. Just not a great school mind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, Billy Preston, you know, kind of an interesting story. Um, obviously, he didn't play a lot in, in college, and he's one of the top prospects coming out of high school so I think it's great that the Cavs got him and you know he'll play um, at least some in the uh, G League and then some with the actual NBA team but what they can do I believe is that you know if a guy starts to perform really well they could just sign him to a normal contract Mm -hmm. and that's what I, I envision happening especially because I don't think the Cavs are going to completely rebuild, but we're not going to be winning championships anytime soon. So it's a good time to experiment with the young talent that you have, and um, Preston can be a guy that could eventually turn out to be a pretty good player. So is it basically just the bottom line, though, that Kevin Love will end up being traded, or do you think that they're going to keep him around at least until maybe the last year of his contract, or I don't know what you envision happening there? Yeah, so here's the thing with Kevin Love, and I think there's a misconception with him, is that everyone thinks he has a lot of value on the trade market, Mm -hmm. whereas I feel that Love actually 
doesn't really appeal to many teams, and I think a lot of it has to do with his poor performances, specifically in the NBA Finals and in the postseason, and also the fact that he gets um, injured a lot. So I don't think the team's going to be willing to give up very much for him. I'm sure the Cavs could trade him away if they're willing to take um, back, you know, not such a great deal. But from all indications, it seems like they're not totally set on tanking. And I think they want to roll with, with Kevin Love being the number one option, kind of like he was back in Minnesota. So I'm hoping that um, if that's the route they choose, Love can find that success he had all those years ago. I say we need fat Kevin Love back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Get fat back Ke- to 25 and 15 and start rolling. But... um. I don't know if you saw the video with Jordan Clarkson saying how he was going to step up and lead the Cavs this year. Um, Personally, I didn't really like what I saw from him last year, but it's one of those things where you're playing in the shadow of LeBron. There's probably a lot more pressure that he felt last year than he will feel this year. And, I mean, the pressure was obvious in the NBA Finals when he pretty much had one of the most abysmal performances I've ever seen in I'm just wondering if you think there's any possibility that he actually can step up and be an every-night contributor without LeBron. Well, yeah, I think everybody that was on the team last year and remains this year will see an increase in their production, but I really agree with you in that Jordan Clarkson I don't think is a very good player. He's very out of control, and he you know, just struggles to kind of maintain that um, just, I guess control is the best word on the floor. He's sporadic and all over the place, and you just really can't find any sort of consistency with him. So I'm sure playing with LeBron James has its fair share of pressures, and also playing in, in big moments such as um, the NBA playoffs and then the NBA finals also contributed to his uh, lackluster play. So I'm sure he'll be a little bit better this year, but... At the same time, I'm not expecting very much from Jordan Clarkson, to be honest. And then one of the latest, or well, still ongoing uh, storylines is that the Cavs wanted to, or are going to prepare to match any offer on Rodney Hood. Is that still the talk around the league regarding Rodney Hood? Yeah, and I and I think that makes complete sense. And unless Rodney Hood gets a ridiculous offer from a team, which I don't think he's even drawing very much interest from anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, if LeBron chose to stay in Cleveland, I think they may consider letting Rodney Hood walk. But since the fact that LeBron is gone, they're going to have to find guys that could put the ball in the hoop. And when Rodney Hood was in Utah, he prove that he has the ability to score. I think kind of like what we talked about with Clarkson, he suffered from playing with LeBron in Cleveland, and I think he even admitted that it's, it is challenging, and you know there's a lot of pressure mm-hmm. that comes playing with the greatest basketball player ever. So I expect Rodney Hood, if he remains in Cleveland, um, and if the Cavs do end up signing him back to the team, that he will have a, um, a pretty good, few years here in Cleveland, I think he'll step up and be one of the scoring options um, on this team. Yeah, because that had to be a big culture shock for him going from playing in Utah, where he was basically the number one, or maybe number two, but 
whenever you have that, and then you're going straight into the limelight playing with a guy like LeBron James, it's probably got to take a pretty big toll on you mentally. Yeah, definitely does. And then, of course, you know what I think the biggest thing for the Cavs to look forward to next year is granted, like I said, see what see what happens with the Kevin stuff and see how Sexton progresses. But I'm really curious to see how they continue to, or even more utilized Jetty because I think I mean he's kind of like the unsung hero of the season, kind of the breakout star in a way where everybody the fan favorite now, you know, just to see how everybody how they utilize him in the lineup becomes a starter, still a bench guy or what. Yeah, so in regards to Jetty, I think that he has a really high ceiling, but also a pretty low floor. Um, I really liked, I saw this video, um, he was like mic'd up during a summer mm-hmm. league game, and it sounded like he took a lot from watching LeBron as a leader from his seat on the bench last year, and now he's kind of implementing that, understanding that he is now going to become one of the leaders of the team. And so I really think that Jetty can... Um, be a solid NBA player. I mean, he plays really well overseas. He's played well in the summer league when they've played him. And he's going to have a lot more opportunity in Cleveland without um, without LeBron. And, and it all goes back to LeBron. With all these players that we've talked about, I really think that this group of Cavaliers players, the reason why they struggled so much to win and why LeBron had to put up 40 points a night was because everybody was just intimidated by him and nobody could really, you know, find their uh, true game because they were just under so much pressure by playing with LeBron. Whereas in years past, that hasn't exactly been the case. So just like um, Rodney Hood, I think Jetty could become a really solid player uh, this upcoming year and and beyond. So I'm pretty glad that we didn't trade him after all. Mm -hmm. All right, and we'll segue a little bit. We'll go from the Q just just a couple steps away to the Jake. And I do want to apologize, Zach, because you're coming on to our first recording uh, since the Red series, and Wiley is our Reds fan on the podcast, so I'm sure he wants to take a little bit of a minute here and and talk about how the Reds and the Indian series went this past week for the Ohio Cup. Well, technically, if we did combined runs, it might not be (laughs) such a uh, pretty... Uh, series win, but thankfully we do it individual games. Because <laughs> that game three, wow! I, I started watching that. And what did it get up to? Like you were at eleven runs, and you said you took a shower and you came, came back. back out, and it was like seventeen to nothing or something. Right, right. Yeah. But I do think that with that, it's kind of been a thing for the Indians where they beat the good teams and then the teams that they should beat they have a little bit of trouble with and whichever meet a lot of people have been having trouble with the Reds like for example the Cardinals obviously just fired their coach in the middle of the series <laughs> but yeah that's crazy <laughs> but yeah no that was just the classic Indians bullpen blunder added to the list for 2018 summer of Indians bullpen blunders was that that series right there I mean <laughs> and what is the deal with the bullpen it sucks well, yeah, <laughs> the bullpen is the biggest problem on this team by far, and I would say second is the outfield besides um, Michael Brantley and left, um, so center and right. But I think the Indians obviously need to make a few deals at the trade deadline or before it um, to get a few relievers because 
here's the thing. Everyone is just banking that Andrew Miller is going to come back and, first of all, stay healthy. Right. And then, second of all, that he's also going to be the same Andrew Miller that got us to the World Series in 2016. I mean, he's had um, multiple setbacks this year. He hasn't pitched a lot. And so I really, I'm not willing to just guarantee that he's going to be a lockdown, eighth-inning guy. And even if he is, I still think we could use um, another arm or two out of the, um, from a different team to come out of the bullpen. And I think that um, that will definitely help because our starting pitching is is there. And we have probably one of the best rotations in all of baseball. Mm -hmm. So it's all about that bullpen. So what do we have to trade to Colorado to get Brian Shaw back? (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's not so much that we are missing Brian Shaw. It's that we are missing someone to fill the innings that he pitched. I mean, I know he's playing terribly um, in Colorado. And to his uh, defense, I mean, it is a hitter's part, but he's still, I mean, they're they're killing him there. But... That losing Brian Shaw wasn't bad in itself. It just we really haven't um, found much of a replacement for that, and so I think that could be somebody that we um, trade for. I'll tell you, my new favorite thing to do is when I see Mets fans on Twitter start to uh, bash Mickey Calloway, and you know they're already calling for his job because it's the Mets halfway through their season. I like to reply and say, "Yeah, he sucks. They should fire him and send him back to Cleveland." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Gladly take Mickey Callaway off your hands in New York if you want to give him back. <laughs> yeah, I liked Callaway a lot more than Carl Willis. Um, and I think that it reflects in the way the bullpen is this year. And then um, we'll move on to the uh, – you mentioned somebody like you talked about the outfield. I think it's kind of ironic how, you know, half the fan base was a little upset about the, the off the contract for Brantley for this season, and now it turns out to be – and he's one of the best hitters on the team this year. Like you said, he's really the only staple in the outfield right now, and he's going now to another All-Star game this week. So I, I, I love that Brantley is able to bounce back and kind of prove some of the haters wrong on that. Yeah, and, and admittedly, I was one of those people that was very skeptical about bringing Brantley back. But um, the one thing I'll say about Brantley is, yes, you're right, he's had a fantastic first half of the season. Well-deserved All-Star, you know, very happy for him and, and whatnot. But he was an All-Star last year also, and then he got hurt. And he was very ineffective when he came back in the playoffs. So we need Michael Brantley to stay healthy for the entire season and be ready for the postseason. Because without his bat and without him in left field, um, this team's going to have a lot of trouble um, at beating any team in the playoffs. So I... I um, I think one thing that will definitely benefit the Indians is that we have such a big division lead that we're going to flinch relatively early, and so they'll be able to rest a lot of the starters because we're going to most likely be the third uh, place in regards to the three divisions in the AL. So our spot's kind of already locked, so they can rest their players and get everyone ready for the playoffs. Yeah, thank God for the AL Central, am I right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and then the, just to end here on the Indians, of course, the news coming out this week about what's really I hate hearing Ryan Merritt's, you know, designated for assignment, which I mean, I think it's just because we love the story so much is why it sucks so bad. But if he's not recovering well from that knee injury, then 
I mean, it sucks with Ryan Merritt, <laughs> that situation. Yeah, I mean, it was unfortunate. And, of course, we're all grateful for that performance that he had um, against the, the Jays in the playoffs. And he really stepped up in, in the biggest of ways. But, yeah, he he's just one of those guys, you know, he's not really a hard-throwing pitcher. He has to hit his spots to be effective. And if you've got any type of injury and you're a pitcher like that, um, you're really going to have some issues. And I, I think we see that now with Josh Tomlin. Like, yeah. That's the guy who I would have gotten rid of and I would have kept Merritt, but mm-hmm. um, I'm not in charge of the team. So um, I think Terry Francona likes to stick with his guns and the guys that he he trusts, and so that's why Tomlin's still on the team. But anyways, in regards to Merritt, I just I guess they felt like you know he he wasn't going to blossom into anything that was worth keeping, and so they decided to get rid of him. But there's always those guys where you hate to see them go, kind of like. On the Cavs, when Matthew Delvadova signed with the Milwaukee Bucks, you know, it was kind of a bittersweet moment because, you know, he deserved that contract, but we also ended up losing him. So it's, I guess it could be the same with Merritt, especially if he finds success in a um, another, on, in another organization. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, because like I said, I got to watch Merritt pitch. Might have been one of, I think he maybe had two starts last summer. I got to watch him pitch last summer in August and. And he won the game, pitched an excellent game, but like you said, he's just he doesn't pitch that hard that fast, and that's really not the style we we have, so Right. Oh well. Um I guess we'll do the we'll do the segue so let's talk down a, to the lake. Let's talk a little Browns. <laughs> All right. So obviously this year there's been more uh I don't know, excitement which as Browns fans, everyone seems excited going into every year. <laughs> even though the worst is yet to come. <laughs> but this year it seems like there's a real legit hope, and, you know, it's good times in Cleveland right now. And, well, and going into Browns, not in the, not in the cube. <laughs> but, I mean, with Josh Gordon staying clean for once, and Landry coming in, and even Tyrod Taylor. Nick Chubb. Yeah. What can we expect from the Browns this year? So the Browns are, uh, I would say, the most interesting team in football this year because, you know, they went from being 0-16 and, you know, completely terrible to totally revamping the roster, adding all these draft picks and making some trades and kind of building a team that we've wanted for years. But my biggest concern lies with our head coach, Hugh Jackson, and, and I feel like until Hugh Jackson proves he could coach the team to wins um we still may have problems in cleveland because here's the thing all these great organizations like the new england's the philadelphia's the pittsburgh's the baltimore's they just have this culture where they they just know how to win games and that's why they're so great and even if they don't have as much talent they, like Tom Brady's throwing to get no-name guys in the Super Bowl every year. Mm-hmm. They just find a way to do it. Mm-hmm. So until the Browns can build that culture of winning, I, I my expectations are still not going to be high. Obviously, they're not going 0-16 again. And I would predict a, a 4-5 or five win season would be pretty solid progress moving forward, um, especially because there's just so many new pieces and parts to the team that it's going to take a while for them to get acclimated with playing with each other, 
and and everything like that. But I, I still have my questions about Hugh Jackson keeping his job, and I kind of wish Todd Haley was the head coach, and I think that uh, Dorsey brought him in as offensive coordinator, but also to take over as head coach if Hugh Jackson struggles. And I believe that week three is a Thursday night game against the Jets, and if the Browns start off 0-3, I think Hugh Jackson gets canned after week three, and Todd Haley becomes the head coach. And then it becomes the Baker show at that point too, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was my next question. How long until Baker ends up starting? Well, yeah, if the team struggles, I, I can't see them keeping Tyrod in there a very long. I mean, I'd like to see Baker kind of sit out, but you just know that he he already he made enough of an, of an impression on the front office to get drafted number one. And he was kind of a... A risky number one pick. It wasn't like mm-hmm. Miles Garrett, where it was you know set in stone that mm-hmm. he was going. And so, what I want to see is if the Browns struggle and if Tyrod Taylor is it, it doesn't play up to par. You know, just put Baker in there, and, and there's nothing that can replace actual game reps. And I said this when they drafted Johnny Manziel: just throw him in there and see what happens. And um, obviously, that whole situation didn't work out, but. Um, I see when, when people say, oh, it's good to have a quarterback, you know, sit and watch. I agree, but that's if the starting quarterback plays well. So mm-hmm. if, Tyra, if Tyra Taylor plays well, then that's great. Keep him in there. But if he starts to struggle, I'm ready to see Baker take the field and give it give it all he's got. Yeah. And do you got anything else? No, I think that covers the homers for us. So, everyone, that was Zach Sheffern. You want to shout out your Twitter name real quick? Yeah, you can follow me at Zach on CST, uh, Z-A-C-H-O-N-C-S-T. And then make sure you check out uh, ClevelandSportsTalk.com and CLESportsTalk.com, right? Yes, that is correct. Yeah, yeah we got lots of good content, um, all different types of articles for the Browns, Cavs, and Indians. And the Cleveland Sports Talk Twitter is a good follow, yeah. too. It's it's pretty comical. Up to the Up to the minute <laughs> updates as well. Oh yeah, we got the the Twitter's basically like um, it's it's in between like an actual news source and then like we add our own like funny commentary as well. So those are the best ones. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> All right, yeah, we thank thank you again, Zach, for joining us on the segment here. We pr- really appreciate yeah, you thank coming you for on. having me. I appreciate it. And that was Homer's was Zach Schaffern. Um, but that's not all of Homer's. We still have a little bit still more. Still a little bit more left. We, we kept a little bit. We kept it all Cleveland. We kept it all Cleveland. Um, because I know Wiley probably wanted to hammer the Reds thing a little more. but I'd I, I, I kept it a little Cle- I kept it a little bit uh, genuine. Yeah. I could have went hard on the Reds if they didn't have, on the Indians if they didn't have that last game. They at least completely <laughs> Shit the best. stomped the mud hole in. Yeah, and you could have talked about Reds the bullpen ass. blunder where, you know. Yeah, OP or OT instead of OP. Yeah, fuck, fuck them. But one thing we didn't talk about on there just breaking today: Le'Veon Bell. A deal was not reached with the Steelers before the franchise uh, deadline at 4 p.m. And it's looking like it's going to be Le'Veon's last season at Pittsburgh. His agent said that, and Le'Veon basically said that on Twitter. And you know what? Okay. Actually, do we want to read that? Yeah. To all my Steelers fans, my desire always has been to retire Steeler. Both sides worked extremely hard today to make that happen, but the NFL is a hard business at times. 
To the fans that had hope, I'm sorry we let you down, but trust me, 2018 will be my best season to date. Basically what he's saying is... Uh, this will be my last season my in last season in Pittsburgh. But you know what? That's fine. He's making $14 million this year, and he's still the highest paid running back in the league. Not bad. He, so he likes to point out the fact that they use him as a receiver. He only had 600 receiving yards last year. Did he miss any games? He was suspended Probably. for three, wasn't he? Not went last year. He didn't miss any games this year. He played a whole season. It was the first time he ever played a whole season in his career. But, I mean, he only had 600 receiving yards. He did have two receiving touchdowns, but really what running back can't get that at, like, a goal line? So that's my thing. I mean, Le'Veon is an awesome running back. He's the best running back in the league. But he's going to be 28 at the end of next season. That's old in running back years. Yeah. So, I mean, 30s over the hill. I've never doubted the Steelers' front office, so we'll see what happens. <laughs> they're a winning franchise, so they know what they're doing. And then, also, just saw this on Twitter before we went to record. Some girl, I think it was some girl, might have been a guy. No, her name was Michaela. She says, oh, this is what attracted me to it at first. She says, Ohio people are loyal as fuck to Ohio. I don't care what anyone says. And I'm like, yes, I am. Continue. Mm-hmm. So Please. then she says, I just yelled OH at a guy wearing an OSU shirt in a packed pub in Ireland. And he yelled IO back. And then I went ahead and quote tweeted that. Oh man, what a shocker. An obvious OSU fan yells IO back. <laughs> Big surprise like, there. What the f- like you're an Ohio State fan. Am I being out of line and be like, you're a fucking retard? To be honest, I'm, I'm completely idiot. against the uh, yelling OH <laughs> in really crowded places other than a football or other than a sporting event. I hate when I'm in public, like, <laughs> like at an airport or something, and someone says it, like, if I'm like, well, I've been to one airport, but it really sticks out in my mind, this example. <laughs> I was wearing a Ohio State hoodie, and someone shouted OH, and I just like, you know, I'd had to say it back, but it took every ounce of my energy to say IO. The only time I've been in a public place where, like, it's not, like, at a sporting event or a sports bar during a sporting event where it was unacceptable was in the same airport, I think, if you flew out of Columbus, mm-hmm. and it was during the Ohio State-Michigan game. Yeah, so, so that was acceptable. Okay. But to be like, oh, you're so loyal, he's wearing a fucking Ohio yeah, State Yeah, what did you sweater. expect? Like, did you... No, she would have worded it like it was a social experiment to see if all Ohio State fans do that. That'd probably be a yeah. pretty. Like, how about you yell that in a crowded bar with nobody wearing yeah. OSU gear? Then see who yells it back. The odds are there'll probably be someone that would yeah, say it. Somebody back. will probably yell it Unless back. Unless it's like me, and I wouldn't yell back because You'd be sitting like, oh, I hate this that. Girl, God. <laughs> yeah. But I digress. So that was Homer's. <laughs> Unless we have more. Nope, that's it. Um. So KD slid into a 17-year-old's DMs <laughs> to argue with him about how good KD is. So they're both in the wrong here. Because apparently this kid, like, trashes Kevin Durant on Instagram all the time and will tag Kevin Durant in every single post that he makes. So, A, that kid's a dickhead. B, Kevin Durant just proving that he's a bitch even more. Like, he's the ultimate mental midget. He really is. Like, you can't handle a 17-year-old tagging you on something. Then he calls him a... What do you call him? It's like a... You're trying to be like a Stephen A or something like that. You're yeah, a Stephen A, a want to be Stephen A. Mm-hmm. Smith. So then I thought Katie and Stephen A were boys. He basically just trashed Stephen yeah. A right there. He doesn't like his friend anymore. Because remember, Stephen A had that scoop that he got that phone call from Kevin oh, Durant yeah. about Kevin Durant Durant the Jordan Lakers. So Kevin Durant just are you that like in your own head? Is that what the thing is? No, I think he literally just cannot take any criticism. We start tagging KD and he's all the ultimate millennial. Like even the ones that don't pertain to him. He's the ultimate millennial. He really is. 
And I mean, what do you expect? He got a, basically a partition's patient trophy from the two Texas. Oh. When yeah. they retired his number. Yeah. What did he do at Texas? I think he got into like a sweet 16 or yeah. something. Yeah, okay. <laughs> they didn't retire Aaron Kraft's number at OSU. Not yet, but it was. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, honestly, if I played basketball at OSU, I'm not going to ask for number four, but... I would. <laughs> to prove that you're better than Aaron Kraft. Um, and speaking of midgets... Isaiah Thomas signed a one <laughs> one year two million dollar deal with Denver. Did you see that tweet that went around? It was like the new big three in Denver. <laughs> yeah, it had uh, who was it? Jamal Murray, the guy whose name I can't pronounce, the like foreign player. Oh, Nikola. Yeah, him. Maybe it's him. Maybe it's a different one. There's That's so definitely him. there's like four Nikola Jokic's or something yeah, that sounded like Jokic. that. And Jamal Murray. <laughs> if you click on, there it, was just a little like, <laughs> it's head was just popping over the, like right by their waist, and. He said to back up the Brinks truck, and upon a little research that some internet person did, they found out that the actual amount usually carried in a Brinks truck is in between two and four million. Oh wow! So they literally backed up the Brinks truck wow. and gave him his contract. So he knew he wasn't going to be worth that much. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure the only two fans Isaiah Thomas has are ESPN and Isaiah Thomas. Yes. Because, like, he was tweeting out all these like pictures. It was like pe- people were so soon to forget, and it was a picture of. Like the MVP candidates from 2016, and it like had him, Kawhi Leonard, uh, James Harden, Probably Russell LeBron Westbrook. James. No, LeBron wasn't in it. Oh, that's right. Because that was the year that Russell Westbrook got it by default. Yeah. And ESPN was always retweeting these things and like putting the eye emojis with Isaiah Thomas, like anyone actually cares where he goes. So essentially, ESPN is Isaiah Thomas's burner account. Probably, yes. He, like, hacked the system. Wow. He probably, like, stacked someone on his shoulders and walked into ESPN headquarters like he was an adult and then went back into the computer room and just started tweeting away. He just went to his profile and just hit retweet on everything. That was just the... I say Thomas. And then um, maybe LeBron not loved so much in L.A.? Yeah, it seems like it might be the case. I don't think LeBron, a mural LeBron would ever get defaced multiple times in the city of Cleveland. No, I think there was one that was up for a really long time and that everyone loved. There were some poor, poor people that worked in the Sherwin-Williams building that didn't even have windows. Yeah, they didn't get to see daylight for years. <laughs> and I would have loved to see the other side. Like, that had to be see-through in a way, right? No. Because it, like, showed... I, sh- I saw this thing, it got retweeted on Twitter, and it says... I see light for the first time in years. And there was, like, cobwebs and bird's nests and everything <laughs> up in there. Wow. But, yeah, like, I will say, L.A., can you be fucking appreciative of something? Like, granted, the mirror was a little much, but why would you continue defacing that of you just got the greatest basketball player yeah, in the even world? Ever. I'm sorry he's better than your god Kobe that everybody The greatest adored. basketball player ever. Yeah. And they also... That guy put out the thing and said $400 to the first person that defaces the mural on whatever street it was. I wonder if they got paid. I hope so. Or I wonder if that person got in trouble for vandalism for offering money for it. You know what I would have done? I would have been like, hey, guy, I'll do it. Meet me there and live stream it. So he would have went there and I would have had kind of like a a uh, wine-colored paint. And I would have spray-painted, thank you, LeBron, Mm -hmm. Cleveland. Yep. That would have been nice. That's the difference when... uh, you go to a place where everything is given and nothing's earned. Midwest to the West Coast. I mean, you can definitely tell there's a lot of bigger losers out there. Yeah. Well, like all the lip cucks too. Yeah. No, you're not lying. It's probably why they want to be in three different states out there. Mm-hmm. I couldn't imagine being attached to LA. That place sucks. 
And we have a little bit more NFL news for this week. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. The uh, Pac-Man Jones put that guy in a body bag and then even further embarrassed that guy by putting him in the hospital and his mugshot was taken from the hospital bed, <laughs> which was probably one of the funniest slash most embarrassing mugshots I've ever seen. most Pac-Man Jones situation in the world. Mm-hmm. Like, Which, in Pac-Man's defense, he tried to walk away, but that guy kept heckling him. I like how Pac-Man's, like, instead of the guy, Pac-Man's turn around to start yelling at the guy back, Pac-Man's like, no, nah, I'm going to punch him. No, he didn't. I, I'm defending Pac-Man on this, because that guy had plenty of opportunity to walk away, and you got to be an idiot if you're actually going to think you're going to win a fight against Pac-Man Jones. That's true. But That was funny, though. <laughs> epic video. Uh, let's go on to social. Oh, quick update. I just got a text from our good friend Austin Shriver, and he said that that tweet I made about the girl in Ireland almost made him come out of Twitter retirement, but not quite. And I said, why? And he said, typical you bashing the OSU fan base. I said, well, why? It just agreed with me, so. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not all about the OH thing. Yeah, you know he is. And tractors. Mm-hmm. Um, Honey. <laughs> <laughs> um, Want to get social? Yep, let's go to social. Cool. Uh, annoying Facebook moms. Is that you? This, <laughs> like, yes, is that me? <laughs> what, did you put it in there? No. Okay. <laughs> I put it in here, and I'm trying to remember what I put it in there about. Because they're all annoying on there, and they post pictures of their kids, and it gets, like, a thousand likes. You know what? Why are adults, why are they, like, every Facebook single Facebook, they, every single post they make gets, like, all kinds of likes and comments. It's kind of like, I don't know, it makes me feel bad about my social media whenever my mom gets more, my mom and my dad get more uh, oh. likes and comments. When that happens, I just post a picture of my dog. Mm. I need to start doing that Yeah, more. You're welcome. I don't post enough pictures well, of Chloe. I'll, I'll try to remember why I put that in there. We'll, we'll move on here. Oh, here we go. Next one I put in there, too. So my neighbors were having a yard sale this past weekend, right? And like I do every morning, take my dog out to use the restroom, pee and poop, their store, taking a shit, and... I heard the one lady next door go, and we're, about, we're about to have people here for the yard sale. And I said, problem? <laughs> and they said, no, we just, you know, there's people going to be showing up for this yard sale. And I said, well, I'm sorry that he had to use the restroom. So my dog's not allowed to shit in my own Right? So I almost wanted to go ahead and scoop up all of the poop that Thor had from the past three days and go set it in my backyard right beside the bushes that separate the, my yard from their back driveway where their garage sale was just so it would like get stinky you yeah, should get a fan blow the smell over there but I'm just sit in the back and well, party and listen to death metal should have listened to trap music fired my gun off mm-hmm. no, I, I keep telling me if I shoot my gun at my house I'll probably get arrested so. yeah, you're out of city limits <laughs> um, Travis Pastrana caught in the streets this past week yeah he did the uh, Evil Knievel jump over uh what is that? 16 Caesar's buses. Palace Fountain. Yeah, he did the Caesar's Palace Fountain. He did the 16 Greyhound buses. Um, there was like 36 cars. 32 too. crushed cars, which two more than Evil Knievel did. He kind of made Evil Knievel look like a bitch. Yeah, I'll be honest. I'm not sure why people got so excited about that. So I you honestly say, think he wasn't going to make any of those jumps? Well, I will say. I was rooting for him not to make so them. So the Caesar's Palace jump. Um, his ramp builder told him he needed to be going about 74. 475. He hit it at 56 and still very much overjumped that jump. Yeah, I think that was just build up. And it like even in the uh, um, 
the like previews for it, it showed um, all these people like setting up for the training and everything, and he was making the jumps, and it would like cut it out as soon as like he was getting ready to land. So obviously, you knew he already made the jumps. Right. So what made you think he wasn't going to do when he had all the adrenaline pumping? I, I will and say the second jump, the sixteen buses. I've watched. I've been a big fan of Travis Pastrana like my entire life. Watched all the videos that had come out. Watched a lot of the Nitro Circus stuff. The way he was acting before the bus jump, he was that was the one, that was the only one he was worried about the whole night, and you could tell because he was just kind of like he's like I just don't know if that bike's going to get up to speed in time to clear mm-hmm. that jump. It, he did have to adjust it midair, but he's still clear with ease. But that's just how Travis Pastrana is. He he. He's humble, where he's like, I don't know if I'll be able to do that. If he wanted to be cool, he would have jumped it long ways instead of <laughs> hor- instead of horizontally. If he would have jumped the the fountain vertically. Oh yeah, but they, that's not how Evil Knievel did it. Yeah, but Evil Knievel was old and drunk, probably. <laughs> Evil Knievel did it when he was thirty. Well, he wrecked, so <laughs> he almost died. He, that's old. Um, in other news, Cardi B had her baby. <sighs> Culture, Kari, Kiari, uh, Cephas, Offset, or Quavo, whichever one it is. <laughs> Should have named it, gave it the middle name Bo. Yeah. Culture, Bo, Cephas. Yep. <laughs> and that's talking Cardi B's baby. I will say, I have an announcement. I like one Cardi B song. That's that one, that the new one. first one that she came out with? No. Uh... These is red bottoms. These is bloody shoes. No, not that one. That's the I like it like that song. I like it like that. She working that. that. Yeah, I don't know how to act slow motion for that one. That's Cardi B. Really? Yeah. No. People don't know that. Wow. Yeah. Is that when she was Bacardi? I think so. Back when she stripped. Nothing wrong with that. Just make a living for herself. Um, I got a good one on here. Are the volcanoes still erupting in Hawaii? I have no idea. I thought that quit like a long time ago. Well, I thought it quit at one point, and that. Turned out it didn't. Well, I would say probably like once the media buzz wore off about it, then they don't care about it anymore. That's true. Like all like the people were dead. Yeah. House is destroyed. Oops. That was just my thing. I just wasn't sure. Really dropped the ball there, huh? Yes. Better luck next time. Oh well. All right, and you know what really upsets me? That Colonel Sanders can get away with saying, "Oh wait, no." That's what Papa John said. That Colonel Sanders can get away with saying um, the N word. Fictional character. Well, Colonel Sanders was a real person. No, but I don't think... He, he wasn't was. an actual colonel, though. I, he so, was a colonial. So that was stolen valor. He was a colonial. Fun fact, Colonel Sanders is buried in the same cemetery as Muhammad Ali. <laughs> but, yes, Papa John uh, had to step away from... He basically got fired from Papa John's. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he got fired. I don't know about the stepping away part. No, he, he, he submitted his resume. You know, what is wrong with people to think that you can just drop an N-bomb in a... Like, <laughs> Anywhere, honestly. But especially in a conference call. Like, he could have at least said, like, Colonel Sanders used to drop N-bombs all the time or used to say the N-word. He just had to go out and say it. Yeah. I don't think people are recording. (laughs) You're already in the news for very terrible things this year. Like, what is it? What makes you think? Maybe he thought he was untouchable. I think he did. I think he was like, they can't fire me from a company with my name. Now they're going to have to change it to uh, Father John's. I saw this Twitter where this guy's last name is John's. And he's an ordained uh, minister, and so he's technically Father John's, so he's taking over the business. They should name it St. John's the Baptist Pizza. Do you think that they're going to put on, like, a really big special deal, like... Gosh, I hope. If you don't say the N-word at Papa John's, you get, like, a large pizza for $5 or something? That'd be great. We should go get that. I'm game. Let's go right now. 
And another uh, political... <laughs> another Ohio news. News, yeah, Ohio especially, yeah. Stormy Daniels was arrested. What was the club? Sirens? The strip yeah. club Sirens for grabbing a man's... Junk. Genitalia. Is that not the biggest, like, staged incident for the oh, like police it. to put on? I like it. Like, it's hilarious. Like, and then... They were undercovers, too. So yeah. she, but still, I uh, mean... And her tour is called Make America Horny Again, after all. Which yeah, just well, further okay. goes to prove that the whole thing with Donald Trump was just a self-promotion. Well, yeah, I already knew that. But why did she even go to Columbus? You can't, she has to wear pasties in Columbus. Is that true? Yeah. Maybe that's why. Maybe she's got her boob jaws finally falling apart and her nipples don't look so hot anymore. <laughs> or they just fell off. Yeah, true. But that was just this... Why does Columbus have to end up in the news for that? Why couldn't they have, like done the operation like two days later when she was in Indianapolis. I kind of like Ohio getting that recognition. I don't. Makes us look soft. Why? Because <laughs> we're the ones that stage an arrest for Stormy Daniels. Some men don't want to get their junk roped at a strip, in a strip club. Some guys just go there to enjoy. Is that right? Have a drink. You know, just take in the scenery. <laughs> Is that right? Yes, that's right. Do you know? Yes, I know for a fact. <laughs> I'm one of those guys. I just like to go and take it all in. Not spend any money. You just like the free there. champagne, though, don't you? Yeah, I would have. <laughs> but you made me th- maybe the cop was upset because he didn't realize that they said you're going to go undercover, but if like you drink while you're there, you have to pay for it yourself. And then he found out the Bud Lights were six dollars and twenty five cents. And he was upset about yeah. that. He's like, you know what? Fuck it. We're going to get Stormy Daniels arrested yep. now. <laughs> Come grab my junk. Which that is what, the, the first charges time. were dropped like three hours. Yeah, later. and then the other two girls who also got the same thing <laughs> didn't get their charges dropped. So Stormy donated. Her She's donating earnings. all of her tips to them. Oh, she didn't, she donated her tips, not her earnings. Yeah. Oh. oh, dude, her earnings. I mean, that would be like, I wonder. I would like to know what they paid her to show up there. Imagine what you had to buy tickets to go to the club that night. Yeah. So. Okay, so okay, so this goes even better. <laughs> People are buying tickets to go see Stormy Daniels. <laughs> God. One, oh, well. Each ticket only got one genitalia grab. She grabbed some guys twice or three times even, so... And she was messing with some girl's tits. Yeah, also yeah undercover it was an undercover cop. She, she was grabbing her and then shoving her face in between her ginormous boobs. One thing I did notice that was really funny was... Uh, I heard somebody talking about how... You notice how the one cop in the report talked about how he was in the back of the club the whole time watching this happen, which... He knows that his wife would have seen that police report, so he was like, yeah, everybody else was up there getting touched and grabbed. Mm-hmm. I'm back here watching it. <laughs> he was not the fall guy see, in this honey? situation. <laughs> see, I was just there on business. Um, we didn't get to talk about this last week because it premiered after we recorded, yeah. but very Cavalieri, um, my second favorite reality show of all time now. I'm a big fan. It's... I mean, it's pretty great. Like, I've always liked Kristen Cavalieri ever since The Hills. I mean, I'm more of an LC fan, but... well. Me too. I actually liked Adriana Partridge the best. What do you think the chances are LC shows up on this show? Mm, I'm not sure. I think her and that Whitney girl are still friends. Are they? Yes. I always liked her too, but I was definitely a big fan of Adriana Partridge because she did porn afterwards. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> well, for Very Cavalier, if you look it up on Wikipedia, it says that Kristen Cavalier is, is she's the main role in the show, which is false. Well, it wasn't intentionally The false. main role is her husband, Jay oh, Cutler. Yeah. It, I would say... I would almost venture that more guys are watching this show oh, very much so. just to see what Jay Cutler's going to do. It's electric. After the first episode, he became America's sweetheart. Yeah. 
you notice how in the first episode they're like uh, they talk about him looking at the deer cams, but the second episode comes out mm-hmm. and they show him. Yep. Did you watch last night? I watched a little bit before I fell asleep. Did you see the deer cam part? No. Oh, well, apparently he was he was happy Dale wasn't on there. So, that's the biggest storyline of the season. Do they hunt is, together? Well, I don't know. Maybe Dale's the name of a deer that he doesn't like. Mm-hmm. So we'll wait to see what turns out there. But my favorite thing about this show so far is these poor Nashville girls that have watched reality TV their whole life that don't know how to really be on reality TV. Like the redhead, I can't remember her name, Shannon, the Instagram runner. She's trying so hard to create a beef with Brittany, the store manager. And I think Brittany's just like, no, I'm literally wanting to just be the store manager and like kind of be on this reality show. She's the hottest too. She is very hot. And like Shannon like is just like, hey, why don't you, um, I want you to be a straight shooter both in real life and in alcohol world. Like, and Brittany's just like, why are you trying to create this? Do you think uh, Shannon's about to risk it all for worth? I think so, and I think Shannon is not going to be on this show by the end of the series. Season. That's my prediction. I think, take. I mean, Brittany is like, who wants to upset Brittany? But also, we got to get insight of just how even very famous girls like Kristen Cavallari are at social media stalking. Because the friend wants to find the Canadian guy that she met at a bar in the first episode. Mm-hmm. And they stalk him on Twitter. Just so she can slide in his wow. DMs. Nice. Jay even said himself, like, you guys met this guy once and you're already stalking him on social media. And you gotta, every time I quote Jay Cutler now on this podcast yeah. or the show, I'm gonna talk like, I'm gonna talk like Jay Cutler. I liked last night whenever, right after their beef with the desk in the office, where, uh, I think it was Shannon, is that the redhead? Yeah. She was oh, she was throwing shit? Yeah, and then she got angry and they didn't put the labels on the shelf because they were too too busy arguing about that. And Jay says, "Just fire them all." Yeah, <laughs> can I fire him? Yes, if yeah, he can, can I fire him. <laughs> I like when the one part was like, "Oh, um, Shannon, uh, Jay said you're parked in the grass." So then he makes the one assistant go out. I'm gonna have you take these codes. I'm gonna show you we're not the park. Also, why does he have so many codes? It's probably. I mean, we all know now that reality TV is always true. So he I'm just not loves codes. I think, as much as you know, some reality TV is scripted. I'm pretty sure all these Jay Cutler scenes are not. <laughs> yeah, I would say he's just basically. I don't think they could pay him to not be. Well, uh, you know, Jay Cutler, oh, likes, Jay Cutler likes money. <laughs> yeah. But this just makes me want Jay Cutler in a broadcast booth even more for the NFL season. Oh yeah. And I think it's going to lean that way because I don't think Kristen likes him being at home a lot. Yeah. I do like when she's like at the first episode, like. Uh, so you plan you on you plan on doing like something? Get nothing. He's like, I'm planning on doing the opposite. <laughs> The opposite of something. And then she's like, when do you know you're gonna, you're going to be completely done with football? He's like, probably September. She's like, you mean after the first game? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. Somebody might want to pay me to be on their team. Mm-hmm. A lot of money. It's so, like, honey, do you like this? Do you see that house? Yeah. What the fuck? I mean, I forgot how much money Jay Cutler made. I mean, well, look, he made, like, makes a lot of money. Right. Too. I mean, he made $16 million just last year. Right. But... I didn't realize it was three levels, like on the backside where it's like a walkout basement. Mm-hmm. Holy fuck. Dude, so I'm just going to get rich. God, I wish I could be Jay Cutler. I really need a scene of Jay Cutler, like, sneaking off to ha- have a cigarette to just fulfill all of our fantasies. Yeah. And eating a hot dog on the bench. That's still my favorite Jay Cutler uh, moment when he was in Denver. Yeah. And then he claimed that he had diabetes so he could eat it. <laughs> um, okay, God, let's Jay go into Cutler. segments and finish up. So, we got a drunk thoughts question this week. Yeah, I saw If you were a girl, would you sell pictures of your feet? I'm a guy and I'd sell pictures of my feet. Yes. And so, <laughs> I was thinking about this over the week and I actually came up with a brilliant idea. If you're a girl out there and you have a guy asking you for feet pictures, 
I will paint my toenails, <laughs> and we will send pictures of my feet, and we will split the money. I like that. And I, I'll just, I mean, if I'll take a percentage, like a 20%, uh, no, probably 30, because I'm actually putting my feet pouring out there. Yeah, the same guy gives her 1000 bucks, you're making 300 off that. Yeah, okay, I don't like that as much. I'll take half the money. <laughs> <laughs> or you contact the guy, and be like, you like those feet? Never mind. <laughs> see, I'm taking all the risk here. I'm putting my feet out there for people oh, to see. Shit. No, I agree. Girls should definitely sell. And I don't even money. understand why they wouldn't. If I was like married right now, my wife came home and said, this guy just DM'd me and said he wants a picture of my feet for like a grand. First, I would okay. say, oh yeah, I would say how much? And yeah. she would say a grand. I'd say, okay, let's do this. Let's negotiate. Need a photographer? Let's negotiate. <laughs> yeah. Will we take, make two grand? It blows my mind. Um, I like that. And then let's finish up with addition of beer. What do you got this week? So, for the first time ever, I'm not going to have a beer for us to review. But, it's because I'm making a promise right now that future Devin's going to have to keep. It's currently Ohio Brew Week in Athens, Ohio. And I'm going to be traveling to Athens on Thursday. And hopefully getting some video content for us. While also trying some new beers to review. So, be looking out for that to come out. Maybe Saturday or Monday I'll release that video. So you're going to jack ears? Uh, actually, the Pigskin's doing a pig roast. Ooh. I'll that day. So also, Wiley, if you would like to go to Athens on Thursday. Yeah, Thursdays are out of my jurisdiction. Some of us have to work Fridays. Well, I'm not staying there late. Some of us have to work outside, too, where it's hot. Oh, you technically work in the building. Mm, technically not, though. <laughs> <laughs> technically, you work in an old power plant. And for my dish, I will have the delectable ribeyes that I cooked last week, and the corn on the cob that I also freshly prepared. And I'm not being biased here, but they were probably the best steaks I've ever had. And, you know, I'm also not going to be biased here, but I'm going to ha- I'm gonna give it my highest rating yet of a 4.6 mugs. I can't go 5 because there might be something that comes along later that could possibly Correct. be better, but the likelihood of that's very slim. Seeming how I'm probably one of the greatest grill masters of my generation. It's like me yes. and Guy Fieri. We're like right up there at the top. We love going to Flavortown. And yeah, so 4.6 dogs, is that what I said? Or 4.5? 4.6? 4.6. Either way, that's our show. Also, uh, be sure to shout out, or shout out, be sure to check out our newest blogger, uh, Beer Talk Striver. Put out, uh, he'll be doing WDU shit because we don't, um, which is first blog. Highly disagree with it, but a lot of WVU fans seem to like it. And so. also remember to uh, rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast. Download it. DM us your questions, drunk thoughts. Yes, follow us on Twitter, both on our personal pages, uh, Beer Talk Wiley P and Beer Talk Benji, and also Beer Talk Pod. And if you guys see Gens out in public, make sure to call him Gunther. Yep. We love you. Bye. Of course, the Lexus Golden Opportunity sales event is about exceptional offers, but it's also about having advanced technology and a safety system designed to alert you. All coming together for you at the perfect moment. Don't miss your perfect moment to experience exceptional offers on a line of vehicles equipped with advanced safety technology. Now until September 3rd, experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Some advanced safety features not available on GX. Of course, the Lexus Golden Opportunity sales event is about exceptional offers, but it's also about having advanced technology and a safety system designed to alert you. All coming together for you 
at the perfect moment. Don't miss your perfect moment to experience exceptional offers on a line of vehicles equipped with advanced safety technology. Now until September 3rd, experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Some advanced safety features not available on GX. 